right, well, good morning. All right, well, good to have all of you here this morning. Good to be here. Pastor David is uh, preaching in Arlington this morning, so we've got rotations happening and going, and uh, it's exciting what God's doing. We, uh, we definitely have some uh, plans in the, the works. We, we have, uh, I'll give you more details as it unfolds, but um, we do have a plan. I mentioned it just barely, you know, at the beginning of the year, felt that stirring in my heart that, that uh, we've been talking about it, you know, on and off through the years about going to Abilene. And uh, we just felt that impression again. And it's been remarkable just to see how things have just started happening and falling into place and, and people that are saying, send me. And so, boom, here, we're, it, it's on. So we will soon have a campus in Abilene. So we're, we're excited about that. So, amen. Um, you know, this morning, um, we, we sang so much about just the miracles of God. And, um, and, I, and I can just think of, of a couple different ones that are celebrating miracles right now. And I won't mention them all. But I do want to mention one right here that is still, still a bit in progress. So y'all, y'all keep praying. Um, but I am so grateful to God uh, just for the work that he did, especially if, if you would have been there early on when Raymond Mesa had his heart attack and, and in the state and the condition that he was in and when the doctors basically um, didn't give any, any hope. And yet this morning, Raymond and Norma are here, the family. So Raymond, wave at us back there. And whoo, man, come on. We love you. We celebrate with you. And... Um, it's awesome to see miracles. And uh, so, you know, you, you, you showed up too late, you know, if you, if you, were, uh, if you don't believe in miracles. Because, uh, number one, I believe I am one. <laughs> Multiple times over, probably. <laughs> you know, we'll get to heaven and probably see how many times God did spare us. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, there, and, and yet there's, there's tragedy. There's things that go on, you know, and, and like, for instance, you know, in Allen, and we just continue to send our prayers and, and um, you know, for those that, the victims and those that um, were tragically lives taken and, and uh, have been wounded and suffered loss in that tragedy. And, um, and we want to pray, you know, over all of our, our law enforcement for what they, they do. And we know that there is some uh, real craziness that's, that's building up on the southern border, some of our law enforcement, they're down there right now, and um, they, are, they are requesting for us to pray as well with what they're seeing, that the potential of what's uh, possibly going to take place here soon if Title 42 lifts, and um, it, can, it could impact us in a big way. And so we just need to, we need to pray. Amen? And... Um, and so let's go to the Lord, and we're just going to dedicate, you know, this service to him. And, um, and Father, we just thank you for our time together here. And, Father, for um, just you still being God. You are on the throne. You are still moving among us by your Holy Spirit. And, 
And Spirit of God, you are welcome to just invade our lives, interrupt, invade, uh, disrupt, whatever it takes that our lives would be turned toward you. And Lord, we know that, um, that true peace is found in your presence, for you are the God of peace. And Father, we just, we're asking for peace, protection, for the, the, the very word peace and what it means uh, to our lives and that you just minister that, Father, uh, even for all those uh, law enforcement that um, are being stationed along the, the U.S. border and the Texas border. And, Father, we, we pray for them. We pray that you would divinely watch over them, protect them, and, uh, and protect our lives. Father, we know that, that even Scripture, you tell us to pray for those in authority so that we can live peaceable lives, blessed and prosperous lives. And Father, we just we pray for, for wisdom for those that are in authority and God that you would you would cause them to do what is righteous, what is truly righteous for the citizens of this nation. And Lord, that uh, that you would you would watch over us and uh, bless us. And Father, we thank you for that. We pray for you to have your way in our lives as we have gathered here today for the miracle working power to continue to manifest even here this morning and that there's no distance in the realm of the spirit even those that might be watching uh, viewing um, through live stream or on video later God we thank you that you're the same God at work even in their hearts wherever they're at and we thank you for this in Jesus name and everyone said amen all right, we. Uh, I want to open here um, in the book of James, and 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 then I may we may go there, or may make some uh, references there. I don't have the typical, you know, my typical points and you know illustrations and and so support scriptures and all that. I I really felt like I was supposed to uh, just come into this service and read this passage, make some references to some things, and we're just going to see where the where 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 God takes us this morning. And um, I I am uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited with where we are as a church. Um, this campus being you know that that Joanne and I moved back here. Um, you know, got got moved back what in August, and and just we're still settling in. It, it's it's been a journey, and uh, but but being back here, um, even even in that, there was a real act of obedience to just get back here, and uh, didn't know all the things that God was going to begin to unfold, and and uh, the things that would take place on the church and and with the school, and um, so uh, you know we did it by faith. And now we're seeing more and more of those things kind of unfolding, and I get it. I have a better understanding of that. But you know, sometimes you just got to obey God. You got to step out in faith and let God be God in that. And um, but being here more and just seeing the progression and where God is taking us, you know, this uh, Pastor David Taylor, you know, started that series a few weeks ago on movement, and he really settled in on endurance. And uh, then Pastor Daniel last week, man, if you missed last week, whew, it may have just been for me, but I have, uh, I've had a, a fresh, I felt like rhema word that uh, I've had to settle some, some things about my life and uh, where I thought I was going and what I feel like God's telling me to do, and it's that nevertheless. 
<laughs> and I've just had to say over and over, okay, God, I wouldn't choose this, but nevertheless. And, uh, and, and, and so you need to hear the whole message. It was a good message. And uh, so I just, he, he referenced this passage, and I just picked up on it. And, and it's interesting that Pastor David had referenced a, a passage of Scripture that Pastor Daniel picked up on. And so I feel like there's a chain connected in this. There, there, there's something that God has taken us to. And I really want to talk to you today. It was really just going to be a strong message of faith. And as I've dug into it, it, it just seems like there's, there's a lot more unfolding in this but it is about your faith because that testing that Pastor Daniel talked about last week is a testing. It's, it's, it's not so much about your character or, or um, other aspects of who you are as much as your faith. And all of us have a measure of faith. All of us begin. Now, the Bible talks. I, 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 could, I could teach for hours on this. I have taught for hours on this. Um, back when we were running the, um, the uh, distant learning campus for, for uh, LCU, for Life Christian University, I, they, I, would, I loved teaching this course and, you know, 10-hour course and just being able to just do that, you know, for hours. And, and the Bible talks about faith, that, that the just must live by faith. That is, that is the five clear references that the just shall live by faith. Something that is mentioned in, in that way over and over again throughout Scripture, old and new, we need to take heed of. You live by faith. And, and, um, and when we look at the Bible, it talks about those who are weak in faith, those who are strong in faith, those who have great faith, those who have little faith. There, there's, it, there's a lot in that about faith. And the reality is the longer you are in this following Jesus, the stronger your faith should be developing and growing. Boy, one amen over here. The strong listen, that the longer we're in this, year after year, you you need to understand that 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 God is a just God. And, and, and sometimes it, that's why it's so wrong that, that it, if you've been in this a while, don't you dare that brand new person walking through the doors. Boy, you are getting quiet. Am I in the right church? This is the life church, right? Okay. All right. I didn't mean to scold you that bad. <laughs> I mean, we were talking, we, we, had, we had someone in way years past and and they were like the dress Nazi, man. I mean, any lady that walked in that she thought had a dress that was just a little too showing much, man, they were, she was on them. And I'm like, you know, back, back then we had the billboard down at the strip club, you know, and I was believing God to bring them in. <laughs> and then they were going to have to face the Nazi, you know, as a, you know. It's like, okay, you know, wait a minute. <laughs> how, how do we say we love you? Oh, go back and change. <laughs> All right. Come on, we're going we're gonna to get through this. It's going to be good. And, and, uh, and so the reality is, though, that it, we, we may start off with just small faith. It may be childlike faith. 
But in this, the longer we're in this, the stronger our faith should be. The greater, I've, and I've watched some, you, that, that, and here's the tendency. We, you know, I used to go to the gym a lot, and uh, you'd, you'd see some of these people in there, you know, that if, if you only had a picture from the waist up, I mean, they look like Hulk Hogan, you know. Picture from the legs, you know, from the waist down, their legs look like bean poles. <laughs> they were all about buffing up the upper half. <laughs> Some people develop great faith in, say, finance. Come on. They got the upper body. <laughs> but they may have beanpole legs in some other area. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Come on. We, our lives need to be holistic before God. And the development of faith needs to be holistic in our lives, in every area of life. And so I, um, I hope that, that you'll, 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 you'll embrace that today. I, w- I want to talk to you about lacking nothing. Come on, Pastor Daniel had that, I mean, he just took that scripture nevertheless and just drove it. And I just thought, man, that, because this just jumped out at me as I was studying and just praying over this, and this has been kind of in the hopper for a while now, um, it is, is nothing lacking. What, what if there was nothing lacking in your life? I mean, I, I thought, you know, I, I told the story, I was able to speak to some business uh, folks this week at a, at a meeting. They invited me to come speak, and, and, uh, and you know, and I, I went to the passage with the rich young ruler, and out of that, at one point, Jesus said, you just lack one thing. And I'm like, dear Lord, if I only lack just one thing, <laughs> come on, <laughs> that would be a miracle, right? But what if you're lacking nothing? Let's look here. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Come on, how many of you want some spiritual maturity and inner peace? And let endurance have its perfect result and, and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. Lacking in nothing. What if you were lacking in nothing? That's where I want to kind of settle in on that. But he begins this by saying, count it all joy. That's, that's the King James. Count it all joy. Consider it nothing. Now, that word, that Greek word, it's, it's just a powerful word. Because how many of you felt like, oh, you're supposed to, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, how many of you read that? You've, you've heard that. you quoted that. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And yet, when all hell's breaking loose, how many of you struggle in that area? Oh, yeah. It's not always easy. But, see, faith is like a muscle. and You have to develop it. 
the, there, there are spiritual truths. There, you know, Hebrews talks about these, the development of your, of your spiritual senses. They're really, it, it, if you dive into it, it's, it's almost like in your makeup of your spirit man and, and the soulish part of you that there, there is, there's like areas of development that can happen just like your physical body if you're working out. I was visiting with, with uh, Norma and, and Raymond this, this past week. And he's still, he, Raymond's still going to therapy and he's, he's having to work out. Man, you, you shake his hand. He got a grip, man. He's like, woo. He's, he's lost over 100 pounds. It's like, I mean, the guy's gotten healthy. Woo. And uh, his heart is absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with his heart. Doctors are like, man, your heart is strong. And, and, but in that, he's had to go through development, exercise, regaining a lot of that strength. And, and Norma said that the, the lady that he actually likes the best is the hardest on him. She's like, Raymond, my grandmother can do more reps than that. <laughs> He's like, okay, bless God. <laughs> come on, how many, how many need somebody like that in your life? <laughs> it's like, come on. Well, here comes Coach Walt. <laughs> you started off with Coach David and then Coach Daniel and now Coach Walt. Come on. There's something happening here in this development of, for us in this endurance aspect but it's to, it's to bring about a stronger faith in our lives. And when he says count it all joy, that word count means lead with joy. And if you look it up in the, in the Greek dictionary, the first word in the definition is lead, is to oversee, it is to command. Come on, command some joy in your life. Command joy when you're facing various trials. Lead with joy when you're facing difficult situations. It doesn't mean that you have to be happy about it. I mean, when you, when you, when you look at the word joy, it, 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 it's, not, it's not this euphoric kind of thing like many times we think, you know, when you think of happiness. Happiness can, you know, have highs and have lows. But, but joy, there is something that is, is at peace you're at rest with the joy of the Lord. And you see that in the life of Jesus. You see that. I, 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 um, so so as, I was, as I was tracking through this and, and looking at this, because there's that development that's happening here. And, and, and in this, he, he, he says knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance or patience. The King James will use patience, but it, it's not the same fruit of the Spirit patience. That's a different Greek word. This, it, it, most of the time, should have been translated endurance or this. Here's another definition that comes out of that, that, that word. It is to have a cheerful expectation. To have a cheerful expectation. Do you see the connectivity in this? Count it all joy. Take authority. Lead 
with joy in the development, knowing that the testing, you know, we, we, I, I, uh, with, with some of my, my school staff, boy, we've had, you know, rough couple of weeks, different, some different craziness and things going on. And at one point, I sent out a text to some of my team. I said, this is only a test. <laughs> Come on, how many of you, you know, remember that coming over the TV or <laughs> over the radio? Me, you know, this is only a test. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to talk to yourself. Come on. King David led well. He, he talked to himself. So why are you cast down? <laughs> Come on. Get your praise on. Sometimes we, we've got to shake ourselves. We may have to have somebody else shake us to, to, be, able to, to be able to sometimes, listen, it's just crazy how the enemy will, will work on this, right? How many, how many of you have been in, in, in prayer and you're trying to, you know, we, ta- we taught some on prayer and, and led in the prayer. And, and uh, I saw this on one of my, one of my friends uh, all the way back from, from uh, high school days. And, and, uh, and he's, he's done some ministry, but he was in education for many years and uh, actually retired as a, as a public school teacher. And, and he posted, he said, he said, do you think there's extra mercy that God has for those with prayer ADHD? <laughs> Come on, how many of you have been, you've been, you're like, okay, I'm going to spend this time with Jesus. I'm going to get in his presence. I'm, and then all of a sudden, you're thinking, oh, man, I forgot to do that. Oh, I need to do this. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> there, there's honestly been times in the past I've said, thank you, devil, for reminding me. And I'll just, I'll, I'll take a note. I'll, I'll get to that. Anything else you want to remind me about? Because I'm going to spend some time with Jesus. But come on, the enemy wants to distract us. He wants to defeat us. He wants to somehow stop this development of our faith. And he'll do that in different ways with discouragement, different things. We have some absolute enemies that we have to recognize. And, and so I, I was going to dive off and, and teach real strong, just specifically kind of line on line on that. And I, and I just, I, I was reading my Bible, and it's like I just saw this, this, this outline of, of just some of those things that are just modeled in the life of Jesus. So I went to Matthew chapter 14, and right off the bat, you see the, the, the passage starts off, and, and, and it's where John the Baptist, where um, he's spoken against some politicians and gotten himself in trouble uh, and, and uh, ends up that they behead him. And so they cut his head off. And after doing so, you know, disciples snuck in, took the body and went and buried it. But they came and told Jesus. And immediately it says that Jesus withdrew and went to a desert place. Or that's what he was attempting to do. Come on. I mean, that was his cousin. He's grieving. I mean, how many lost a loved one? I mean, it's not, that's not easy. Jesus is still human in this, and he's, he's dealing with that. But in the midst of it, there in John's Gospel, chapter 14, all of a sudden, it, it's, it, it, there's a multitude that starts gathering. And, and I mean, they're, 
they're looking to receive from him. And he looked upon them and it says he was moved with compassion. He began to teach. He was moved with compassion. You know, the Bible says that faith works by love. A consistent love walk and to protect your love walk. Come on, get your love on, right? Danny Silk wrote a great book, Get Your Love On. And if you, if you focus on that, but why? Because faith works by love. And you can short-circuit your faith, your, your ability to believe God. That's why even when the disciples, <clears throat> you know, what is it, Matthew 17, when, when Jesus was teaching about offenses and forgiveness and having to forgive people, and, and all of a sudden the disciples are like, Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> but Jesus was embodying this love of God, and he's walking out love. And for him to have compassion, that's not, that's not sympathy and it's not empathy. Compassion is that inner depth of that movement that you, 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 you have to respond with some action. It pulls on that thing. And so he responds by walking in love. And, and as he's teaching, then, of course, the day is late, you know, and the disciples are like, hey, man, I mean, they, you know, they, they've got to go away. They've got to eat. I mean, they're out here, you know, in this desert place, you know, and, and there's, there's no, no villages close by. There's no food source. And Jesus said, you feed them. They're like, uh, okay, Lord, they, we, they ain't nothing but this, you know, this Long John Silver, Silver snack meal, you know, two fish and some hush puppies here. <laughs> you know, the two fish meal deal is not going to go very far. My wife's probably mad at me. You know, when, when she's not in the car and I'm doing lunch on my own and it's, and it's fast food, I'm headed to Long John's. Just something there. I don't know. It's probably not good. It may not even be fish. I don't know. But anyway, pray over it. <laughs> and he's like, bring it here. Have them sit down. And they brought it. They, they responded. It, it's, it's one thing to have, because there's, there's, there's this aspect of unbelief and there's in the in the new testament there's two different types of unbelief that's addressed and one of them is is from a greek word you know pistis is, is the word for faith and apithia or apistis is the word for unbelief apistis the absence of faith you are lacking in the faith. And you can change that by getting into the word. What's God say? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And here they responded because they heard the word, right? It's like, okay. He said, he said give him the fish. Give him the fish. Have the people sit down. How many of you would have still been arguing with Jesus going, Lord, that just ain't going to work here. I mean, here's the reality. Come on, I'm a realist, Jesus. I'm a realist. 
<laughs> Come on, God super wants to get on natural things and do something extraordinary. And they didn't fall into the trap of apithia. Apithia, that's the other word for unbelief, and that one is obstinance. That is the spirit of disobedience. Hebrews 4 deals with that very clearly, talking about the children of Israel that failed to enter into the promised land. They failed to enter into their rest because of unbelief, apithia. They were obstinate. They resisted. Even, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the scribes and Pharisees that saw the Messiah standing before them, and they still were going to reject him. They just were, I mean, just not going to believe. That's an that's a evil. Matter of fact, Jesus, or the writer in Hebrews says, that's an evil heart of unbelief. When you become obstinate, and you're just going to not believe, just to not believe, whew, that's a dangerous place. And they didn't fall into that. And they did it, and a miracle was performed. They were all fed. And then right below that, it says again that he wants to pull away, spend time in prayer, look at the pattern of Jesus. And so he sends his disciples. They get in a boat. They're, they're going out across the, the Sea of Galilee, and he's going to spend time in prayer. And then later, he begins to walk on the water coming across. They seem, they're afraid now. They're in fear, and Jesus has to address that. Fear not. That's one of the most um, strong phrases, most used phrase throughout the Bible over and over, fear not. Why? Because it is so easy for us to slip over out of faith. Because here's the thing, fear and faith are reciprocals. To the degree that you're in faith is to the degree that you don't have fear. To the degree that you have fear is to the degree that you don't have faith. They're reciprocals. And here, Jesus has to address them and said, don't be afraid. Fear not. Over and over, when, when the angel of the Lord would show up, he would say, fear not. Why? Because it's like, that's an angel. Boom, some of them fall on their face. <laughs> but he would say, fear not. Fear is, is one of the terrible things that, that I, don't, I don't know that it, it's addressed enough. Because we understand that we want to teach even our children, and that we want to operate with a healthy respect of things. That's why you don't, again, send your kids out in the street to play in the street in traffic, right? Come on. <laughs> there's, there's, there's common sense in, in some of that. But, but a spirit of fear is something different. A spirit of fear is, is what Paul wrote and said, I've not... God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And fear has to be dealt with. If you are tormented by fear, 
You need to understand that is a spirit that the enemy is trying to do to operate in you, to trip you up. And if you are always in that place, you have discounted the power of God, the protection of God, the authority of God, of all those other things. And it doesn't mean that you bury your head in the sand and you act foolishly, but it does mean that you are not going to be ruled by fear. I'll never forget, I was working um, with a construction company and, and we, had, we had cranes, we had conventional cranes, the old cable spool, dangerous kind of cranes, way, way more than a hydraulic. And... As, and, and I was having to help and learn on this, and so I was having to be a swamper. And so I'm, I'm learning, and, man, I mean, we're talking about thousands and thousands of pounds of cables and steel and all of the, all of the uh, boom that we would have to assemble and, and disassemble and load on trucks and haul to the next job and reassemble and all that. And one of the things that this old crane operator just kept driving into me is... Don't, if you hear something, don't just run. The tendency is that if it happens, if there's a bang, if there's something, it's just run. He said, more people are harmed or kill themselves by fear. And they'll run right into danger. He said, look up and try to identify what is happening. Yes, you may have split seconds to respond, but you need to know. And I've watched people do crazy stuff because of fear. He said, don't be afraid. And then Peter's like, "Woo! okay, Jesus, if that's you, Ask, bid me to come out on the water then. Well, he didn't really give Jesus a chance because Jesus isn't going to lie. Jesus isn't going to go, Peter, dude, that's probably not a good idea. Your faith isn't quite there yet. No, Peter's like, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. <laughs> and out of the boat, here goes Peter, out on the water, right? And then it says, most of you know this. You read your Bibles. You've heard these stories. He began to look at the waves of the sea, the storm. And he took his eyes off Jesus. And it says he began to sink. At least he had enough sense to cry out. <laughs> Lord, help me. And he... And it says that Jesus, you know, reached down and grabbed him. Aren't you glad for the mercy of God, even in our development, that he's still with us in all that? He doesn't, he doesn't, it's like, nope, you're on your own. You wanted this? Sink or swim, buddy. <laughs> no, as soon as, soon as he was in that place, and it's like, okay, Lord, my faith wasn't quite, quite what it should have been. Help! And it says Jesus reached out and took him, raised him up. But he said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Two key things in that. That particular faith, little, didn't mean small. And it ties back to this. Because the development of faith 
is about this endurance, this work of patience that is the patience that is the endurance side. And these need to go hand in hand. And that word little was short enduring. Come on, even, even Jesus, when he taught the parable of the sower, he said, he said, you know what? He said, there is a seed that it will, it will spring up, but it's only going to endure for a short time. Some of us, maybe we've jumped out there in faith and we've responded and then we wonder, okay, why did things didn't work out? Well, did we not continue in faith? Was it short-lived? Did it fall off? Were we not fully developed to have the kind of endurance to move us on past the fears of life, the storms of life, the things that we were facing? And here it was short in length. Inability, faith. And he said, why did you doubt? There's two words for doubt. You need to know these because they're enemies. There's two words for doubt. Peter faced a doubt that he started, Distanzo, he started out on the water, but then he began to change his mind. Like, I don't know that this was a good idea. I mean, these waves are looking pretty bad. I could drown out here. And he began to reconsider. That's one doubt. Why did you doubt? There's another word, doubt. Yeah, Greeno, that it means that you are at a crossroads and you are paralyzed. Paralysis by analysis. You're at a crossroads and you just can't make a decision, can't make a decision, can't make a decision. You're just stuck, and you're just stuck in life. Am I going to serve God? Am I going to serve the world? Am I going to do this or am I going to not, not do it? Am I going to obey God? Am I not going to obey God? And you're just stuck in that crossroad. And at some point, if you're going to defeat that doubt, you've got to sell out. You got to go for God. You can't just continue to just be in that place. It'll rob you of your destiny. It'll stop you from progressing in the fullness and the development of everything that God has for you. He's in the development of our faith. And he's willing, just like he was with those disciples in that time when he was there physically. He's still working with each and every one of us. And some of us, maybe we've developed in specific areas, but we need to develop in a stronger holistic area. Maybe we have been slow in our growth. And God's saying, I, I want to I take you to these next places, these next levels, and, and to greater development. But faith, and here's, and here's the reality, and, and I know that, that Pastor David and Pastor Daniel both hit on this, is for endurance, we, what has to happen for your faith is it faces resistance. And it's not always fun. And we would, I don't know about you, but I hate test. <laughs> I'm like, I just, 
Got a young man back there. He's like, me too. <laughs> but we've all got to face it. To advance, you've got to pass the test. Some of you may be in the midst of something here today. You need to recognize God is with you. And you've got to go to the Word of God. If you feel like you're lacking and you haven't developed, go to the Word. Get strong in the Word. Begin to apply the Word. Put some scriptures up where you can see them. Do some things that, that help connect you. Get away from some of the naysayers. I'm telling you, sometimes when Jesus was going to perform his greatest miracle, he put people out of the room. You have to leave, you have to leave, you have to leave. You can stay. <laughs> Why? Well, doubt and unbelief, man, it creates something in the atmosphere. I've seen it happen in a church service. I've seen church services where people come and they are like, I mean, it's, it's like an air of expectation and it's just something there and they're just believing God to do something. Sometimes I've seen it where people need a miracle and they're desperate for it and there's just something that's built on the inside of them and maybe they fed on the Word of God and there's something that has just, it's boiling over and it's like, I'm gonna, you're like the woman with the issue of blood and it's like, I don't care what the penalty is for me to be in this situation. I'm going to press through this crowd and I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. I'm going to get what is mine. Because God wanted her healed. And there wasn't nobody going to stop her. It freaked her out when Jesus felt virtue, dunamis, the healing power of God, leave him. And he turned around and said, who touched me? She knew because she felt the miracle in her body. And his disciples were like, Jesus, everybody's slapping you. Everybody's touching you. I mean, you're Jesus. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me with faith. What happens when you touch him with faith? What does that look like for you? Let's stand to our feet. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little more holistic. I'm not going to have you come necessarily. Now, there's going to be people in a little bit at the altar, and they're going to be here to pray with you. But I want you to do something. I want you to enter into this place where God wants to meet you. We're going to sing this last song. This worship was so dynamic this morning, so spot on in this message. And what a series that Pastor David start, kicked off in this on movement because I believe God has got some movement in our lives. He's got some movement for this church. We can't settle in. We can't just say, well, it's enough. Listen, there's too many people that still need Jesus, too many people that need to be reached, too much impact that still needs to happen on this fallen world. And if we sit back and we don't, do anything about it. It's only going to get crazier. Why? Because Jesus brings true transformation. Jesus brings true change. And we've got to be about his business. But it begins with you. What does this look like? Because listen, if you get your miracle, you get free in an area, you tap in, 
and all of a sudden God's alive and moving in your life and you're on fire for him, it'll spread. People around you will be going, whoa, what's the difference here? Well, I I stopped standing at the Y of doubt, and I sold out. Some of you, we're going to sing this last song, you're just going to give yourself. You're going to sell out. Some of you need a miracle, and you're going to say, God, I thank you that by your stripes I was healed. I think that you paid the price for me to be made whole. Man, and just enter into that. Lay hold of that.